0: So Ben, I've just spent the last half an hour yeah. trying to put together a shoe rack that is meant to be quick and easy to assemble. It's essentially some poles mm. and some end plastic bits, and it's taking me half an hour, and it's still not done.
1: Oh well, firstly, that's why you were late to recording, and secondly, I yeah. got a new pair of shoes today. My first new oh, pair I bought
0: a new pair of shoes today, and <laughs> a shoe rack.
1: Yeah, it's my first new pair of shoes for oh, for eighteen months. I well subscribe to the theory that you should get a pair of shoes, wear them every day for 18 months till they have a hole in the bottom, and that's when you have to order some new ones.
0: Or you could just get like a variety of pairs and they'll last longer, but you won't be wearing them as much, they'll probably last the same amount of time.
1: Yeah, but what do you think of these bad boys? Oh,
0: very nice. Uh, Ben's got a a Vans shoe showing to me right now, but Mm -hmm. kind of like a modern take, trainer take on the old school. Yeah, it's like a
1: trainer that you could get into a club with or or Southampton club. You could almost definitely get into a Southampton (laughs) club with.
0: Yeah, or like a Luton club.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to get into somewhere in Southampton. So (laughs) <laughs> I've seen people, I live in Southampton, I've seen people get into the clubs here in tracksuits. so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I do think some of the, uh, the, the club dress rules are a bit unnecessary in, in some situations, particularly I, with shoes. Not everyone can afford a pair of smart shoes, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that's why I kind of quite love where I live, because last night I was in literally the worst nightclub in the UK, it's been voted that, and I had a great time but I was dressed in a bright orange shirt because I was with a uni social I mean what can you do yeah and Ben and I both
0: have the uh, infamous as you can probably hear in my voice and you can hear Ben coughing down the microphone right now Uh, we both caught freshers flu the freshers flu that has gone past uh, university students young people and is now just hitting the whole population is it Covid let me do a million Covid tests no it's not
1: yeah, I mean, I'm more impressed you've got it, because I'm not a fresher, but I am at uni. But you yeah. aren't at uni at all.
0: No, but I have been uh, going to some student nights out from London to Bournemouth to Bristol. So
1: Come to Southampton, let's have a night out down here. It's not that much further than London. <laughs> no, Actually, it's, it's not further. It's, not, than, it's
0: closer than London. And Bristol, and it's not that much further than Bournemouth. no it's not it's like an extra 20 minutes on the Mm. train all right ben i'll come to southampton i will come to southampton um also i've watched james bond what and we're gonna get into all my thoughts about it later but let's be honest this is a this is a first that i've genuinely gone and watched a massive blockbuster film that isn't like Mm. star wars right i think i think since we've been doing the podcast which by the way ben happy 50th yeah
1: this is our 51st episode
0: yeah, very exciting. Um, but since we've been doing the podcast, I haven't been to watch the, a big blockbuster in the cinema, right? And I finally got on that.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, like, we'll, we've put the spoiler special because we are getting spoilers at the end of the podcast. But what I will say, and I'll repeat this as I said last week, No Time to Die is not a perfect film. But there was something about watching a James Bond film in the cinemas after a pretty shitty 18 months that just felt so special to me, that the faults in it, I forgave.
0: I mean, for me, and I will speak about this more later, the, the, for me, the things that saw it were Daniel Craig, but also the uh, mm. whole cinematography, the whole special effects. It feels so whole,
1: cinematic.
0: Yeah, it's so cinematic. Mm. The transitions are slick. It feels like um, it
1: needs to be seen on a big
0: screen it it does with surround sound mm. yes 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 so uh, i can now like understand what ben says when he goes yeah this deserves to be seen on the big screen in the cinema Ben, this is quite possibly the longest introduction we've ever done. Four minutes in. Hello everyone, welcome to the Articulate Film Podcast. I'm Jacob Dyer, that's Ben Heath. And uh, we chat about all the stuff that's going on in the uh, film and TV world and review a whole host of shows. And uh, over to Now TV to kick things off. No sudden move has just dropped. And this is doing massive things at the minute. I've uh, seen a lot of hype about this on social media, Ben.
1: I mean, have you, or is that just something you say before you... You can't install? just
0: out my secrets, Ben.
1: <laughs> I think, like, last week, I'm going to be brutally honest here, was a terrible week for films. Everyone, Everyone's still running away from Bond, which is weird. No sort of move. It's a new Steven Soderbergh film that has a cast. It includes Don Cheadle. It includes... Uh, David Harbour from Strange Things. It includes Kieran Culkin from Succession. Um, it's set in 1954 Detroit, and it centres on a group of small-time criminals who are hired to steal what they think is a simple document, but the plan goes horribly wrong, and they have to search for who hired them. And it's kind of, it's Detroit, it's 1950, so there are questions about race and how the city's changing. And the plot is very complex. It's, I don't want to say it doesn't make sense, but it's just a little fuzzy. Um, The middle half kind of loses its way a bit, which is a shame because it's anchored anchored by a really sharp and snappy opening and a really sharp and snappy closing. And that's interesting. I think I'm never going to complain with a Soderbergh film, even his shitty ones. Like, Steven Soderbergh now. He like, he makes lots of films and he does get through them quite quickly. But he almost wants to blow up cinema, which is and he's ambitious and he takes risks. And because of that
0: Which he, you normally you normally quite like. I that. do, you know, I do like that. And I am and I did like this basic. film.
1: It needs to be said, I did like No Sudden Move. Um he always gets the most incredible people to work on his films because he is so ambitious. So you're never gonna complain about the cast. There are some amazing thespians doing some brilliant acting here. And that's what means that even though the plot's not amazing. And the film doesn't make a lot of sense. And you don't know what it's trying to say. Because it's trying to say too much. It works. <laughs> like. It's kind of. It tries to talk about pollution. It tries to talk about American cars. Um, and it has got. Even though it got lost. Which sadly it did. It does always seem to keep moving and it seems to keep pulsing and it's kind of a little bit absurd but it is a fun watch. Not the best film and I think it will be forgotten in Steven Soderbergh's mammoth filmography in the fact that people only really remember the Oceans film Aaron Brockovich and Magic Mike or
0: Magic Mike is and Traffic.
1: Um, Like He's done so many amazing films, Soderbergh, and this is a good film it won't be remembered, but I enjoyed it.
0: And um, it's on Now TV?
1: Yes, it's on Now TV.
0: Okay, um, do you think it's one of them things that deserves like a cinematic release, or is it perfect, a perfect film for a streaming service like Now?
1: So, I personally would have liked to have seen it on a big screen, but, right. but I am also of the opinion that every single film is better on a big screen. So... Right. Uh, sorry I will never fresh as flu I will I don't think watching a film on a laptop or an iPad is the best way to so I think every film should be watched on a big screen Yeah. yeah
0: yeah 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 um I agree with that. I do agree with that statement. Wouldn't have agreed with it prior to uh, the the new Bond film, but that was the first time I've been to cinemas in ages. Anyway, uh, go check out No Sound of Move on Now TV right now. It sounds good. It sounds good. sounds a bit experimental. Um, Okay. Quite possibly, and I, I, I'm i not just saying this, Ben, I have actually seen a lot of hype about this on social media. I follow a lot of meme accounts, and every other thing is about this TV show. It is is—it is massive at the minute. I'm on about Squid Game. Yes. But it's, we're the, not going to talk about it.
1: So today, Squid Game crossed the... I think Netflix now is their biggest opening ever. It beat Bridgerton. It's weird how it's become such a massive cultural sensation and you wouldn't have expected that 10 years ago. But we at the Artic Film Podcast are boycotting Netflix. for the, It's not going to be forever, but it's certainly not. We're not going to talk about them for a bit. And let me explain why.
0: And depending on, you know, their actions as well is going to follow how soon we're going to be speaking about them again.
1: Yeah, so there are films in the not-too-distant future that I want to talk about, so I hope Netflix clears this mess up. But, um, so last week, you may or may not have known, Netflix published a Dave Chappelle comedy special in which he came out as a tur, which, if you don't know, that's kind of shorthand for being quite transphobic. Um, Net, one of a Netflix employee tweeted that she did not feel safe at Netflix because they had published this and it didn't feel like her home anymore now Netflix have since suspended that employee um, now here I have an absolutely zero tolerance in my personal life and I wanted to follow through to articulate them for transphobia so I know for a fact that Netflix employees are doing a massive walkout on the 20th of October, which is, we're recording this on Wednesday the 13th, it's next week. I, personally, will not talk about anything that's Netflix or watch anything Netflix until that walkout, because I think it's important to hit the company where it hurts, because they're a company that's pretended to be an ally before that isn't. And I think what's the most criminal is Ted Sarandos. He's claimed it's pushing boundaries and what's sensitive and he compared it to 13 Reasons Why. Now, 13 Reasons Why was a show that did push topics of conversations. But I would say that didn't go into hate speech against one of the most disadvantaged and discriminated against minorities well, so worth, in the UK.
0: Worth pointing out that the, the show that was discriminative was a comedy show, right? right. That's worse. That's in no way pushing, you know, boundaries to talk about these issues. They Absolutely. gave
1: they gave one man a platform. They gave Dave Chappelle a platform to be transphobic. It's not like a show that's educated. They flat out gave him his platform. They could have said, you have had that joke in, we are not comfortable publishing the special, or we're going to edit that joke out. They gave a guy a platform to be transphobic, and I cannot agree with it. And I actually have gone off Dave Chappelle since.
0: So, as a result, rightly so, uh, here at the RTU Film Podcast, we're not going to talk about Squid Game. uh, We're not going to talk about Netflix. We're not going to talk about
1: Made, which I know you love.
0: I I did really like Made actually. I thought it was a great show and I had lots uh, about it. However, um, yeah, I... Agree that we got to hit Netflix where it hurts because this most important podcast they're really gonna suffer with us not speaking about them. Yeah, um, they're not gonna seriously,
1: but like obviously they're not it's, gonna. It's weed principle, it. man. It's yeah, principle. It's, it's principle, and I'm a strong believer in the fact that if you do an action, it doesn't matter that our voices are quiet. It's the same principle as voting. Like you could say, I'm not gonna vote because my vote has no impact in a country of millions, but if everyone has that attitude it's suddenly nothing gets done like i think even if the principles are small and the voice is small you've got to stand up for stuff you can't if you don't stand up for anything what do you mean so i'm i'm really annoyed at netflix and i'm I and we're sorry for... to
0: bring you this slightly somber note on the podcast we do we love to push boundaries and have have discussions but we we don't like throwing proper shade directly at a company and it, it's really sad because we're both really fond of a, a load of netflix work and it is such a shame but you know we're going to move forward like we said we're not speaking about netflix here on the podcast for a bit because there are other great streaming services out there and there's some good stuff in the cinemas right now like the adams family the second one i was a big fan of the first one ben you've gone and seen the second one right
1: Yes, um, I mean, da 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 da
0: da That was a terrible impersonation, they blew out again.
1: The music, that song, is probably the best bit of the film.
0: Uh, that's not good. I thought the first one was hilarious.
1: Um, I wasn't a- clamouring for the first animated Adam, anim- the 2019 animated Adam's family film. I kind of watched it and thought, ah, that's nice, not too good not too bad not too offensive but it just kind of existed now right this film i'm kind of beyond going oh that's not too good that's not too bad this film's just not good right, right. the jokes felt stale the plot felt predictable i don't even think this will work for kids because kids need magic and they need sparks And fundamentally, that's not, that's not here. Um, The whole film feels like... This film, they managed to make this sequel in two years. And considering the pandemic...
0: I mean, in fairness, it's animated, right?
1: Animated films normally take longer. So they managed...
0: However, However, it, you can remote do it remotely right
1: yeah but animated films do take a while to make and the whole thing feels rushed for commercial reasons and not made for artistic story reasons which is a massive shame there's and no also,
0: artistic and in, in like animated shows there's so much you can do with them explore
1: yeah it just feels so there were a
0: lot of graffiti artists um you know, base a lot of their stuff off animation. I know, like a, you know, they actually work really well together, and it's it's such a shame. I think you know there are some beautiful shows that are animated, and it is almost like a piece of art.
1: Yeah, I love. Well, it's a film. Film is art. Um, I love animation. I think it's such a cool and versatile genre. And I think, and that's a cliche, but what Pixar do at every film, they push boundaries. This film doesn't. It's proper C D tier animation. It's like the League One of football of animation, League Two in football times. It's just uninspired and uninteresting.
0: Okay, yeah <laughs> And <laughs> you I don't... didn't like that then. How much was the cinema ticket, by the way?
1: Six quid.
0: Oof, that's quite steep for, for how you're describing it. Mm. Six good well Ben?
1: Well I will never regret going to the cinema. I love going to the cinema. It's my happy <laughs> yeah, I place. know that. But I did not like this film.
0: Was it a film that you thought, yeah, I'm going to go to the toilet? Like, i do not even not going to bother holding it.
1: No, it wasn't, because it's only an hour and a half.
0: Hey, oh, right.
1: So I didn't... <laughs> I
0: actively got to be old and have a weak bladder. Then I
1: didn't need <laughs> you to go
0: to the loo during this. <laughs> um, did you manage to hold it for James Bond, by the way?
1: I've seen James Bond twice, and I didn't go to the loo in either of them.
0: I didn't go either, and I was really impressed with myself. Mm. Really impressed. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, well to the rc film podcast we're about just under halfway through and we're already talking about weeing um on now to all four's murder island um i love all four it's the uk's biggest free streaming service and i think some of the stuff on there is great i have been
1: watching legendary or week on all four which is like it's a have you seen it no okay i just love this show it's and I know but, I but, this but in we're the not notes.
0: reviewing this right now. I
1: know we've been wrote in the notes, but I'm just saying it's my latest. Okay, so we're doing we're session. doing
0: a double whammy all for review, right?
1: Yep. And just okay, because first
0: show is legendary.
1: A spoiler alert, I'm not the biggest fan of Murder Island and I wanna perk up the podcast. Um, but legendary, it's about like the ballroom scene. And they have all the houses they've so the house of Gucci and the House of Estrada and the House of Ebony and all these iconic houses from um Bull culture, like the American gay one. And all these amazing stories. And they're competing against each other. And it's uplifting and it's amazing. And the voguing these people do is unreal. Like it's, And my jaw is on the floor. It's like... It's kind of one of those Bake Off style shows. But it's so... Which you
0: bloody love. You love... Well, MasterChef's your favourite, isn't
1: it? Yeah. These people are so talented. And I just... Every single one of them has a really inspiring story and because it's in houses you're watching these families compete and I always think there's something really nice about watching a team compete and it's such a celebration it's, it is competitive and it is and there is like they're fierce and they're bitchy but it's not shady and they're not fighting and they're not tearing each other down they all celebrating each other
0: getting proper Dance Moms vibes?
1: It's not kind of dance mums. It's kind of Bake Off meets Pose. If you, if you don't know what ballroom is, it's kind of hard to describe it if you don't know the culture. And I'm not the best. Well, person do you think to I'd enjoy it? I think it's a very hard show not to enjoy.
0: I, I think I might, I might give it a watch. I not to
1: call watch. people who don't like it out, but I think you need to be a little bit homophobic not to enjoy it. It's very okay. steeped in gay culture, so if you don't know lots about LGBT culture and LGBT Go history. educate yourself. Yeah, go educate yourself. But you p- might struggle with particularly the first few episodes. It You might take a bit to get into Legendary but I am properly watching it and I'm now like voguing my way around the kitchen. And
0: I wish we could uh, we need to visualise the podcast because Ben is proper camping it up I'm, right
1: I'm now. I'm voguing oh, right he... now in the shop.
0: Yeah, he, he is. It's, uh, I can just tell he's absolutely loving it. It's like he's on like a You know, little rave or something when when he's speaking about this. Uh, A rave meets like a like a boat. That's the the kind of thing. So you're you're raving, but like rocking side to side. Very.
1: It's quite hard to do anything in the chair I'm sitting on right now. (laughs) Anyway, but Murder Island.
0: Yeah, the Murder Island, the other show on all four, didn't quite take your liking as much as the one we just discussed. So I find
1: it quite an interesting idea for a TV show because is it going to make you
0: rave on a boat?
1: It's not making me rave on a boat, but um it's everyone goes, Oh, I would make a brilliant detective, I would solve it. Or lots of people do. I don't. Oh yeah,
0: like, oh I'm really good at solving this, or yeah. like, I should be a They've watched too much murder Hear mysteries. It all the time. Hear it all the yeah, they watch
1: too many murder mysteries and think they could do it. I openly yeah. admit I would be terrible at solving a crime. I would be the detective who's like, I reckon you did it. And then just point round the circle, blaming people, and get like, it, or I always lose at wink murder. Anyway.
0: Oh, I mean, I can't wink, so I can never be the murderer, but...
1: You have, there's this kind of set-up fake crime, and then you have eight members of the public who have to... I thought to you
0: were t- telling me how to play wink-wink murder, then. I was yeah. like, I know I know, how to play that.
1: Then I you just have, can't wink. Then you have eight members of the public who all have Why to... Why do try- I read?
0: I wink, not murder that, but I'm just going to let you carry on, sorry. They
1: all have to try and solve the crime, and right. um, it's basically Bake Off for Crime Hunters. <laughs> I feel like any one of these shows is referred to as Bake Off for yeah, whatever the, the act. thing
0: is, it's really not very helpful because they sound like two very different shows. One's like very gay and like y and the other one's like a murder mystery, yet they both have a bit of Bake Off in them.
1: Well, I'm basically claiming it's the bake-off format where you have people competing and someone goes every week and everyone knows that format. But could feel, you
0: not just say X-Factor format?
1: Well, I feel like it's more because it's, like, crafty. Or not crafty, because it's, like, <laughs> skilly. I feel like X-Factor, they're trying to be famous. And on Murder Island, it's just a bunch of people trying to show off their skills. Um, so is
0: it a reality show?
1: Yeah, it's one of those competition shows... And I do think all four just wants everyone to have a hobby because they do a lot of these type of shows. Obviously... Is it?
0: They do race across the world, don't they?
1: That's BBC too. Ah, Whenever that show. I love
0: comes. that show.
1: Yeah, I can't yeah, wait. We'd
0: be great on that, by the way. We would be
1: hilarious on that show.
0: We would be quite funny.
1: <laughs> when the world opens up and it's allowed to film, we should do it.
0: Yeah, we should, but I feel like I'd we i just spend all my money on like going on a night out in Cuba or something.
1: Oh we would fuck up our budget on a night out in Cuba. <laughs>
0: we'd have to like steal some money or something, get arrested <laughs> along the way.
1: We'd have to like we would be the pair who like get the whole way on hitchhiking. Yeah, like just and end we'd up be the people on the side of the road with our thumbs out.
0: Yeah, uh, that's not a great show. That's not a great show. Speaking of BBC, over right now to BBC iPlayer for Ridley Road. I it sounds I don't like anything with the word road in it. It sounds like um like a CBBC's like like a CBBS kind of show.
1: Okay, I absolutely adore Ridley Road. So it sees Vivian Epstein who follows her lover into danger. And anyway, she finds herself, she's a Jewish woman, it's set in the 1960s, she finds herself going undercover to infiltrate the British Nazi party that was on the rise in the 1960s to try and help bring them back. It's based off a true story, and it's based off these really inspirational characters who literally, they fought back, and I have so much emphasis for that. And it's not like Hunters, which was a show that debuted on Amazon last year, that superhero that had some that was about Jewish, um, post Holocaust survivors and it made them kind of superheroes. This show has them as ordinary people fighting back. And I love that. Lots of people have accused it of kind of being hyperbole and being too politically conscious and too over the top. It's not I
0: mean BBC, in fairness, they do have to be very careful these days, and I think we all know why.
1: Yeah, lots of okay. The people who would not like No Time to Die because they claim it's too woke and pleases blue-haired feminists. They're not gonna like Ridley Road. Um, if you're, but I think it, it has. Is it, I,
0: yeah, I'm looking at it a bit disgusting right now. How is that actually a thing? Have people complained about. Um, yeah, people have
1: people have went at this show and went Ridley Road, and they've went, oh, it's too political. It's trying to make the far right look like bad people. The far right in general are horrific and they were on the rise in the 1960s. And apart from the fact that this is an excellent thriller and an excellent spy show and really, really good watch and I really enjoyed it. It's also really important because anti-Semitism on the rise right now and the far right is on the rise right now globally and this shows an important reminder that we need to look out for it. Because it, it was that way. 20, this show is set fifteen years after World War Two, and it happened. And we need to be vigilant, and we need to fight these things. And, and I and think, you know what
0: th- this is going to sound like either really like intelligent or really just shut up. But you know, we always say stuff like, "Oh, like when we're learning about the Black Death, right, in school, or the plague, whatever." We we've always get, like, medicine's too far advanced, that would never happen now. Yet COVID has happened, right? Mm. And now people say oh no, like a world war would never happen again. I've learned to like, expect the unexpected. This could genuinely happen. Like You know, people still have these views and look what it led to for World War, war, world war II, right? You know, yeah, I feel like that, we just all need to educate ourselves a bit.
1: Far-right extremism is on the rise worldwide. Like, you yeah. cannot ignore that fact. And Um, I do think there is a genuine argument to be made that actually, lots of, I feel like anti-Semitism is always the first to come out, and then other forms of racism and homophobia and sexism come after, but I do feel like anti-Semitism is normally the first one, and I also think there's an interesting parallel to be had that we have discussions about how you wouldn't cast a white actor to play a black person or you wouldn't cast a white Cleopatra at this point, And we have discussions about casting straight actors to play gay roles. Ridley Road has been a bit controversial because some of the actors playing these Jews are Jewish and some are non-Jewish and some are white. Now, Jewish is an ethnicity. It's important to remember that. And it's the only ethnicity that we don't have the conversations about. Is it wrong that other people play them? And I think it's a See, ben, really.
0: Am I right in thinking you're an atheist?
1: No, I'm a Christian.
0: You are a Christian. Mm.
1: Confirmed. So I was going to
0: say we've done. Sorry, I didn't know if we. I, I for no. some reason I thought you're an atheist. But you've you've played a role in a school play before that you happen to be like a priest in, right?
1: Yeah, but I was a Christian at that point. But I think it's. I think people forget that there's Judaism in the religion and then there's uh, the ethnicity that's Jewish. Um, And if you think about lots of the anti-Semitism and the Nazi propaganda, they talked about the nose. Mm. That's an ethnicity thing. That's not a religion thing. Yeah. You know, it would be the same as discriminating against a Muslim and then using the fact that in the Middle East, people are genuinely brown, it would be the same as kind of that levels of uncomfortableness, and we kind of, often, it's the only race and ethnicity that we have white people It's almost
0: like, like it's forgotten people. about as well, as a, as a race and an ethnicity. You know? And oh, oh yeah.
1: Horrible. People, I don't think we're taught about anti-Semitism in the... We're taught well, about no, it in the classroom talk about racism,
0: as in white and black, but, you know, there's a real... Your lack of knowledge from other, uh, I'm not knowledgeable enough about it, and I, I really I, want to say on... this
1: all the time, and I am really open about this. I think we talk about anti Semitism in terms of the Holocaust and it was awful, but we don't yes. talk about it in terms of modern day.
0: Nope, but and I would, couldn't, I, I like personally
1: I can understand why someone like David Badil is active and vocal about this. I'm not 100% certain. I could spot anti-Semitism. I know it's wrong, but I am not. I don't think we've been taught about where to spot it and where it comes out. I can see where the far-right Nazis are. I can spot them, but I can't spot the subtle things in day-to-day life. And I know I need to be better and I need to learn to be better, but one of the ways we can be better is by not having, as Tracy Oberman, who I had an interview call it, Jewface. It's an ethnicity... Be respectful of that. Don't cast Eddie Marzan in that role, even though he is such a good ally in real life. But I really like the show. I do love Ridley Road. It's so good. And it is kind of a thrilling drama, but has something to say, which is the best type of TV.
0: It sounds great. Oh, actually, does. Uh, is it educational as well? Would it? We've just been su- speaking about anti-Semitism. Uh, would it? Would it educate me? Because I really, w- I do want to be more educated on on the matter. Yeah, it's got something to say. I, I, I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, go check out Ridley Road. BBC player right now. Okay. <laughs> It's the end of the podcast, um, but we're not ending it in a normal way. we still got one more thing to talk about. It's the thing that we teased last week, or last podcast, that I was going to go and watch it, and we've already said I've watched it, and let's talk about No Time to Die. We did a no spoiler review spoilers. last week. But let's do a spoiler review of No Time to Die. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. This is your chance to go away if you haven't. <laughs> Um, I feel like
1: when we're talking full spoilers, there's one natural point that we have to jump in on. I
0: don't know if it's the same same point though.
1: The fact that he dies. (laughs)
0: The fact wasn't the same point because for me, I thought that was a given.
1: No, I I think the film is. So I've seen it twice now. You know, right? And it was far more impactful the second time around, and a far better film the second time around.
0: Okay. How but come? I think
1: so. I think the first time you watch it, it's
0: kind of there's a lot to take in.
1: Yeah, and I feel like also when you're watching, it's like, oh my god, are they gonna do it? Are they actually gonna do it? That's the overriding opinion. It's not. It's will they? Will they finally kill him? Like I feel like it's afterwards. Does he never die before? The characters never died before. It's kind of absurd that. Because also most blockbusters don't kill off their main character. Like, how many actual films Where do are they that...
0: going to go after this?
1: They'll hire a new actor to play him. It's to not... play James Bond? I, I don't think it changes anything. I mean, the one thing I do think, you know, as I said last week, I think maybe it means they're not going to churn out another James Bond film quickly. Um, yeah. Which and I'm okay I know with. know why you said that. This film needs to sit for a little bit. But no, I can't believe they killed him. And the second time, you know when he kisses Madeline for the last
0: yeah and
1: she's leaving the island. Uh,
0: James Bond's a dad.
1: Yeah, that's another big one.
0: Like That was my big one. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean I thought you were a womanizer. Like I don't think... thought you'd have a kid, right?
1: <laughs> I find it hilarious how this film, the fact that 007 is played by a black woman, and that's only like the third biggest thing in the film. That's
0: I like... love I love that bit. That 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 was actually funny. Like the, the relationship between the new 7 and Bond, that was that was funny. At the beginning, I was actually cracking up, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't you not want to I can I really want to see a film with Louisiana Lynch as double A7. I
0: now know why you said it. Mm. Like she would smash it. Yeah. May maybe they just rebrand it as so 7
1: what, what I wanna see, you know, is I want to see a film that has... Naomi is kind of the lead, but it's kind of a life after 007. Because I feel like that's the... Daniel Craig, no... Whoever steps into his shoes has a massive boot. I don't think there's ever been a harder job to inherit Bond.
0: No. No. No, But I feel
1: like a way you could do it is you could do a film with Naomi and Ralph Fiennes as M and Naomi Harris as... Miss Money, Penny, and Ben Rishaw as W. And you bring in Anna de Armas as Palemi. Paloma, because she was fucking fantastic in her 10 minutes in Cuba. And you have a film where the team have to find another... They have to fight another baddie, but they have to do it while getting over the loss of their friend. And I feel like that would be a beautiful film.
0: Yes. And then ten that, that could come out in five years' time... Five years after that, maybe ten years, New Jones Bond. Mm. I reckon that is the way to but do it.
1: Yeah, you do that film, and you could do that film in three years' time. And then right. you've, you've took the sting out of whoever takes the next Bond because you've already dealt with life that.
0: Because that person's also going to get a lot of hate.
1: Oh, God, I feel for the person. It,
0: yeah, they're going to get so much hate. And I, I think they're
1: going to have to go young. I do think they're going to have to go really young.
0: I mean, I want it to be a Giselle boy, but having watched the film, I agree. <laughs>
1: They have to do something different, but shall they we? Do. Not talking about who should be the next Bond and what they should do now. Shall we talk about how fucking bad Rami Malek is in this film?
0: Yeah. Oh my! Is it... He's the main villain, right? Yeah.
1: Act-
0: I just didn't understand his whole motive. Um, he showed up at the beginning, doesn't kill this child. Fine, and then next thing you know, like he's, he's the obsessed. massive baddie for he's the whole film. He's obsessed with that. And... So I think, yeah, firstly. <laughs>
1: Christoph Waltz as Blofeld, his scene was really good. Like, he was right. not great in Spectre, his scene was really good. They should have had him as the He's main baddie. He's the guy baddie.
0: in prison, right? Yeah, he should have just been the main baddie. I'd love to have seen him break out.
1: Yeah, they should have kept him as the main baddie and and had Spectre play a bigger role. I have a theory with Rami Malek, though.
0: Hit me.
1: So, I was thinking, they don't explain the nanobots... And I was wondering, no, but the annoying thing is it is too bloody long yeah. they to because they points. only talk about the nanobots in a tiny way. and I was thinking, I thought it was think... good
0: how they a... sorry to interrupt Do but you... just while I'm sorry on...
1: I was saying I think the film might have initially been about a pandemic, and then they had to change the story for obvious reasons. so right. they brought in the nanobots, but then they have to completely cut and pay completely cut Rami Malik's character. Like I wouldn't be surprised because you only talk. They only talk about the nanobots once, and He's
0: then barely mentioned.
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if his character actually originally and they shot it with doing a pandemic, and then they got to the edit and they get to twenty twenty and they're like, we can't release this film.
0: I think it would have been cool if they did, but
1: but you could you can see because I can't understand how they would have made the baddies villain that poor. Yeah. Like, they've all done films before. They It's a high-quality people. So unless they went, it's only about Daniel Craig, I could see it have been originally about a complete pandemic. And then, obviously, in that sense, you do have to kind of change the film and the edit.
0: One thing that I really did like about the nanobots, how they mentioned they could wipe out a whole race. Mm. And there was that line, I could wipe out your whole race or whatever to... a black character I thought wow you know I just I liked how they touched on that in in some perspective
1: but I kind of felt they copped out on that I feel like if you're going to talk about have the guy be a pure racist about to commit racial genocide like if you're going to touch on that go full throttle for it I felt like the villain just doesn't have motivation and he doesn't make sense. Which for he doesn't have hour,
0: motivation. His uh, no, he's not cool for a two-hour film. That's not
1: good. Like the film is long, and I think if it wasn't for Daniel, Craig, I don't think
0: it's the actors' fault. I think mean, it's the writing of the character.
1: I mean, I'm not sure if Rami Malek's actually a good actor.
0: Have you seen him in anything else?
1: Well, he won an Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a film I don't think is amazing, and I feel like he's not brilliant in it. I think he was great in Mr. Robot back in the day, but since then I don't think he's done that much exciting work. I think he tries too hard to be quirky.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. He did try and be a little bit odd in this film, and it didn't land.
1: And another thing I don't like about... Oh,
0: can I just pick up the motorbike sequence? Wait, which
1: one? <laughs> which one?
0: The first one. The first one. Oh, in Italy. Yes.
1: <laughs> I preferred the one you borrowed. I feel like
0: we're slacking off this film, but it was a bloody good film, right?
1: Yeah, I think I didn't... Because the only text you sent me was it's long. It is long. It is. I say it's shorter once you know where it's going. Right. Because second time around, I knew the plot. And I remembered... Right. The, so I kind of... Whereas the first time I felt a bit, oh, where are you going? The second time it was, it felt shorter and it felt more like it was going from blockbuster to big scene, big scene, big scene.
0: Can I just pick up as well at the start when those guys are breaking into the building, the way how the, the, it's like you're watching it upside down and the reflection. Oh, that was so good. Do you know what I mean, Ben?
1: It felt like a take. For Ka- that felt like the point where Carrie Joy Fukunaga, the director, met, met, took his stamp on the franchise. Also, Hugh Dennis is in that scene. Is he? Yeah, the dad from Outnumbered. I don't know who
0: he is, mate. <laughs>
1: what? You don't know who Hugh who, 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 who Dennis is? This is the biggest uh, takeaway from the spoiler review.
0: Did we not know who was going to be in it?
1: No, I didn't. It was like such an amazing surprise when I saw him. I was like... <laughs>
0: Hugh Dennis! (laughs) Oh No, but I I do really like the film. I just think it was a bit long.
1: It's too long, and it's not got a great villain. And I love
0: the computer guy.
1: Oh, I love Ben Whishaw. I just... Yeah. I wish... I do wish they had shown the guy. Because you know how he says, I've got a date with a guy. You know in subtitled countries, or in other countries globally... Mm. Yeah, where they will dub it over. They're going to have the word woman in there instead of man. Like, we all know they're going to take that moment away. The
0: thing is, I don't think it was necessary to show in.
1: No, I don't think it was. But I think on a pure terms of if you're going to... I think there's a lot of tokenism in this film. In the sense that you have... Uh, Naomi, who is, in my opinion, a, I think Lisiana Lynch is great, you know? And I really like the character, and I really want to see where she can go. But I felt like she was a bit too obsessed with 007. Yeah. Mm. like The actress is brilliant, and the dynamic and the jokes between them was really fun and funny. But looking back, that character's formidable in her own right. And I think it yeah. would have been so much cooler if she was made to be formidable instead of obsessed with her predecessor. Same thing in the fact that you have Miss money, Penny, who played by Harris. I felt like Harris. he
0: needed to get his title back. I thought that was a bit like, of just a lot, uh, like, hey, 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 but story wise. I It felt like we point. have to
1: make double, James Bond 007 again, which is bullshit. Yeah. Keep power, is it? Why not?
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you um, could have...
1: They could have kept her as it, yeah, and then once he dies, move her then, mm. yeah. So, and be like, they could I have can't. made it we're retiring the number 007 now after his sacrifice, mm. but not had her go, Can we change it?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you know what? It was a bloody good film. It's Hats so off good. to Daniel and... Craig. Hats off to the cast. Hats off to the amazing producers, Daniel... the director. It was so so much hard work went into that film, and it was great.
1: And you have to admit, Daniel Craig's the definitive James Bond now. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. for us, because we're both not 20. Um, yeah. I think he's the one, like, he's the only one we were four when he took the role off.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? That's just how
1: long he's done that job.
0: He's done it since 2006.
1: Yeah, but he would have been announced in like two thousand. And all my friends
0: say he's got better looking as he's got older. I think there's
1: an argument to be made that he's got better looking. I mean, he looked tiny. Money
0: from Bond. Botox? I'm joking, I'd say. <laughs>
1: I mean. Or you deny, maybe. I mean. You never know. I kind of quite liked how James Bond wasn't also sleeping with every Bond woman. I love the joke where he's like, oh, maybe we should get to know each other with Paloma in Cuba. And then she's like, come
0: on, Bond, stop. She's so fit.
1: And then she's like, no, 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 I don't want to sleep with you. I want to give you a taxi. I love that joke.
0: that was funny. That honestly is an absolutely great film. Go check it out in the, if you can in cinemas right now. No time to die. Uh, if ben you Heathrow, can, it's, to...
1: it's playing everywhere.
0: It is literally everywhere. Literally every 20 minutes it's on at a cinema. <laughs> like, the cinema I went to, half the bloody cinema was, was James Bond. Um, also, shout out to Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stones uh, turning 20 this week. God, I go I watch it the I've never watched it in a cinema before because I wasn't born, but they're re showing it at some cinemas.
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, I feel old when these films are turning 20 that are older than me. <laughs>
0: hmm. um, like I was saying, BenHeath101 at gmail.com if you want to get involved. At RTT Film on Twitter. RTT Film on you know, Google. Googlers, find out our website uh, up in Jacob Barr. He's been Ben Heath. Uh, thank you very much for checking us out. We will see you on the next one. And I'm going to go finish my shoe rack in a bit. Bye.